Welcome to the Soccer Doctors Podcast with Dr. Andy Harper and Dr. Craig Duncan. Hey everyone, another episode of Soccer Doctors and here we are, Harps. Uh, this is the morning after the Oliarus have been sadly knocked out of the Olympics um, after shocking the world against Argentina. They're now going home after a loss against Spain and a loss against Egypt. So how are you? A little bit depressed on that on that intro, actually. Um, might have to up-vibe the whale music for this episode. It's a it's a it's a, it's a inescapable pool of disappointment, unfortunately. But um, you're looking great in your Cleveland Guardians hat. Yeah, I mean, we we just had a uh, we we just spoke recently with uh, Grant Wall from the states, and um, you informed me that I'm now supporting the Cleveland uh, Guardians. Guardians. They've changed they've changed their name. Yeah, they, they, they've changed their name, and this movement will be in like Washington Redskins are now called the Washington Football Team. So all those, um, yeah, this this is just the start of that. Well, some people would call it a cleansing process. Some people call it a, a, a process of correction. The the your mob, the far right, are calling it an overly generous um, tilt towards wokeness. Uh, I don't know. How do you respond to that? Uh, look, I don't have a... I suppose I don't have an uh, opinion. Uh, I mean, look, I think there's... Look, I'm very sensitive to the fact and uh, thanks for, and you know, I'm very moderate in my political beliefs. I'm not as left wing as you, um, but, you know, I I do believe in some middle ground. I don't like the extremists, Um, but yeah, look, there's no doubt some of these names have been offensive. I I don't know where it stops, Harps. I don't know where it stops. I I would love to know from the community if they were uh, offended by, by certain certain things and I'm I, look you know I'm a I'm a I'm a white uh, middle class person that's been very fortunate so I'm not one to comment on any of those no. those names because uh, if they're offensive to to mm. people then they're offensive and things need to change <clears throat> what about the name the Ollie Ruse what does that mean to you this morning um look as always they they gave their best I think you were right in our in our show, uh, our prediction sort of show, I thought they would go through. I was sure that they would go through. I thought they would they would get a, at least a point out of this, and I got it wrong. Um, I got it wrong with the Matildas as well. I thought they would get beaten quite easily by the US, um, but they they drew, and I didn't know at the stage that third place uh, gets gets through so the um the matildas go on the oliroos are out i i feel third place in a four team uh group stage is like getting a ninth place uh ribbon at primary school but um let's uh let's stick with the oliroos look overall i mean look you know i i want to know you know it was called the group of death the coach calls it the group of dreams the coach talks about um, that we're going to shock the world. W- what do you do now, Harps? What do you say now? What's the repercussions of that? Uh, I've got no criticism of really of the coaching or anything, but that 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 Muhammad Ali type talk. Where does that get you um, when people start sitting around discussing the performance? 
Well, I think it is going to be one of the big talking points. Hugely disappointing, given given the positivity around the team and given you know, the, the descriptions and given the the very public declaration of the team's intent and their aims, and that's that's terrific. And there are two sides to this coin, and I'm not. And the, and the two sides of the coin need to be fleshed out. Um, I'm not, and as we flesh it out, I might fix my opinion a little bit more, but very clearly the philosophy of coach Graham Arnold was to, again, just to reduce it to a term that we can easily fly through and, and, and contextualize things as the power of positive thinking. It's way more sophisticated what he's doing with that. It's way more involved. Um, I'm assuming. Sophisticated, but, is it? It's more sophisticated. Well, it, well, than... it's, it's, anyway, look, I, I, don't, I don't, I haven't delved into it. So I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to use some language which can, we can, can refer our discussion and then people can dig into it more if they want. Now, you go into the first game or all the games, but firstly, first up's Argentina and you're not to mention, because of this philosophy and because of this mindset, you're not to, don't think you're playing against the country of Messi. Don't think you're playing against the team that's won or the country that's won two gold medals, not the team, but the country that that has won two gold medals um, this century. Don't talk about playing against a team that's created Maradona and De Stefano and don't talk, don't, don't, don't mention them. Don't give them that life. Don't give them that personality because it would be a daunting prospect thinking you're playing against um, the culture that's developed Messi and the, and against players that are playing in top teams around the world, particularly when you get to Spain. So part of me understands that that can be a daunting prospect. The other side of that coin, however, is by, very, by, the, by the very fact that you've got your players in a room and you're not allowed to give names to these things actually elevates, actually creates a monster. So the other side of the coin is whilst whilst you don't want players to be daunted by the, the, the athletic and technical and tactical prospect in front of them, I totally get that. But, some, but the other side of that coin is you can actually be making, by working so hard not to give it a name, not yeah. to acknowledge them, <laughs> inadvertently you're making them a bigger beast again. It, so you know, there are two sides to the coin. Harps, it, it, to me, it really reminds me of one of my favourite episodes of one of my favourite TV shows, Forty Towers. You know, when we <laughs> don't mention the war. And uh, actually, there are a couple of moves by some of the Oliroos that looked like they were doing the Ministry of Money War. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I just, yeah, I, look, I, I mean, all I'll say to you is 2019 Asian Cup uh, was exactly the same rhetoric out and out in the public. Um, that was a failure. Um, you know, we do it in the Olympics. Well, I'm not saying is it a failure. I mean, it was a difficult group, and it would have been um, <clears throat> an excellent uh, outcome to get through to the group. Um, but then, you know, that hasn't worked. Um, you know, with this talk, um, it seems to be part of the the coach's uh, philosophy. Uh, you know, I don't know. Well. How, how how does that go? I mean, really, how does that how does how does that work? Um, do you start to doubt yourself when you start talking like that? Are you actually believing in what you're saying? Or yeah, I, I just I'm I'm just interested in what you think about that. And, well, like, there are two sides of the coin, and part of me can follow the logic, but but 
I look at the output of the team and I, I didn't I didn't see a, a, a clear transferal of that talk and that philosophy into the way the team played. And, and this is where the discussion I think need now needs to focus because there was so much about this Olympic Games, the finals tournament, which was very positive, I think, so much. Um, obviously, the result against Argentina was Herculean. But a little bit of context to that too was the fact that um, the send-off gave Australia the, the players advantage and a little bit of respite. But they still created a number of chances. And I think over three games, we had some players who played particularly well over three games. I see that as a huge positive outcome. I think Joel King over three games as a left back was fantastic. Over two games, Nathaniel Atkinson, I think was fantastic. I think Thomas Deng captained the team and played superbly. Harry Sutar was excellent. Um, so Daniel Arzani, again, without playing brilliantly through three games, showed the importance of that type of player and mentality to do in a leadership capacity. And then Marco Tilio, pretty much from nowhere, has come out and shown that he's a player worth watching and worth investing in. So plenty of positives, plenty of good organisation, I think, of the team. Uh, I think, you know, it needs to be said, but it shouldn't have to be said. It should be standard. But the team played with great application defensively and great um, resilience defensively. So they're the positive things. What disappoints me is, and it was a very extraordinarily difficult group, you know, despite what the, the players were saying and trying to talk up um, as part of their strategy for navigating this group, to play against Spain and Argentina and the third, one of the top three teams in Africa is really, really tough group. Um, so, and in the end, too tough for us. But we just weren't, so, so then it gets to where does this positive mindset stuff, where did it actually, where did the rubber hit the road for that? And I couldn't honestly see it, not over the three games. I thought there were too many times against good opposition. And we'll keep coming back to that because you've got to respect your opponents and respect the effort our kids put in, our young men put in to tackling those very, very good opponents. But there were too many times in highly pressurised situations, that is the game and the opponent, where the players, evidently, the players' belief that they could do something with the ball dissipated. Poor passes, not under pressure, which showed how much pressure before that players perhaps were under so that when they got some time on the ball, they really had no, nothing left in the tank to actually breathe and, and relax and create and play. And we couldn't mount consistent possession to put pressure on our opponents, which to me is the, is the testing ground for the actual positivity of your mindset. That's the way I see it. Now, people might disagree. I might be misreading the room and the, the, the organization in Tokyo might've had a different view. But when I'm hearing those messages, when I'm hearing that we can take these people on and we're not scared of anyone, I think, firstly, great. And to me, that means a sense of comfort in yourself that your technique is going to be good to get out of more situations than you don't. Not every situation, but not to get swallowed up. Um, and I think over the three games, there were too many occasions when they didn't, when, when, when the approach didn't pass that test. And the first half last night, 
against Egypt in this match was, uh, was really, really difficult. I, I was very disappointed with that first half. And for the sake of it, I'm really happy, even though the tournament's finished, I'm really happy with the way the Oliers played that second half because to me, that was more like it. To you me, think that was... half, they looked like they looked like the messaging. They played like the messaging. But do you think that's because they were chasing the game and when they went into the game and they were quite happy to, to you know, uh, uh, we've got two results that are going to get us through, a win and a draw, and and then we've gone that way. I mean, I'm interested in the... Um, the summary of the tournament from the from the coach because you can't now backtrack and say it was an impossible group can you you can't go you can't go back and say oh geez it was it was such a tough group look who we had and we performed so well you can't go there hmm. that's that's the thing because no it's a group of dreams and the dream has now effectively it's not a it's a What's well, effectively a nightmare if you if you're going on those tangents. I mean, I think we just need to call that out, and um, because I've seen it firsthand at the um, 2019, you know, being on an opposition camp and listening to that, and now I listen to this. Um, yeah, um, I just. So what, what what are you suggesting? A like a stop in the tracks and a and a, and a reconstruction of the way. Well, it's not for me, you know, I'm not, uh, you know, it's not, I I just think it's, yeah, I'm just going to be interesting, interested in the, in the summary of this tournament from the head coach um, after pre-tournament, you know, because it's going to be, what I'm interested in is when do players, you know, they, they keep on that, you know, they believe, they believe, they believe because you've got a charismatic leader and then, well, okay, that didn't work out. Uh, that didn't work out. Um, we've had great results in the World Cup to have eight uh, eight wins out of eight. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously I applaud someone having a philosophy and, and sticking to it. Uh, is it, a, is it a, a philosophy that is based on, what's it based on, really? Well, well, you know that's for, that's for the the coach to work out. But if, if he's going to be true to his approach, and I've got no, there's no suggestion that he won't be. But if he's going to be true and stick to this and true and really believes it for this for this team and for for those in, under his um, guidance, then he's going to have to look at these three games and say where did that where did that approach fall short? For which players? did it not resonate and why why did it not resonate when we had the ball that they actually did believe they were playing against no one of any note and so so for, for this for this approach to really take root successfully so in this environment the the leadership of the team needs to sit back in in the sober light of day and say we set out on this course. We tried to minimise the spectre of our opponents with our language and our mentality. But when we got into the heat of battle on too many occasions, it seemed to me that players, too many players, shed that inculcation. It didn't resonate anymore when you've got players of, of, of big repute nipping at your heels. 
even worse, it didn't resonate when you had no one nipping at your heels and you were still hitting passes that were getting intercepted and you couldn't build pressure on your opponents. Because in the end, for the group to be a group of dreams, the team had to, had to go through a metamorphosis on field in every game where they took their defensive attitude and structure as given but then that had to become something at the other end of the field. And over the three games, for too many large periods, there wasn't an answer for that. Mm. And so as we go in now, the next assignment, we're all looking ahead. But part of this review needs to be, how did that messaging fall short at critical moments and with certain players? Too many, in my opinion. And was it the players? Was it the messaging? Do we need to recraft it? Because as we go into the next stage of Cup qualifying, you know, Japan away from home, Vietnam away from home, going to be very, very, very difficult opponents. Um, um, that's just that's not even to mention the others in the group. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think in actual fact, uh, Australia should qualify for the World Cup. Um, and I, I think they will. Um, yeah, I really think they should. I think they got the easier side of the the draw uh, effectively. Um, so I think they should qualify for the World Cup. I mean, look, let's look at the positives. Qualifying for the Olympics for the first time um, since uh, yeah, which was which was Arnie in the first place. Um, absolute uh, credit to um, uh, Arnie and the staff. For, for coming in to do the Socceroos job, but seeing and having the vision that the Oliaroos was an important part of the Socceroos job and taking that on, ab mm. absolute credit for them because he he doesn't didn't have to do that. I don't think it was part of his his job, and uh, he spent an enormous time. You know that sort of doubling your 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 work. Uh, so that that's a, a real positive uh, to increase increase that uh that pool of players even though i do disagree uh in some of the this what i've heard him say that um, that he had to increase the pool of players really Ange increased the pool of players enormously after the after uh, brazil and uh, i think he was one that really did that as uh, very very well and i think arnie's done it he's unlocked a few few people that have uh, have a, obviously a future uh, so that's really positive. Um, the Argentina result was positive, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see see where we go. I mean, it could have been worse. It could have been three losses easily, three losses because um, it, very good opposition. We'd be sitting here and going, yeah, okay, no, that's exactly. That's, and, look at, that's, and, and, that's last, and last night they they. They, the, the truth of it was they were denied in the end by two outstanding saves from El Shinori in, in Egypt's goal. Outstanding saves. And the save off Arzani was truly top shelf world class. And Arzani's making for the goal was top shelf, truly world class. Beautiful technique, dribbling technique. A great hit that was going for the top corner and the keeper just pulled out a worldie. Mm. And that goes to one all and Australia is back in the box seat. And then Thomas Dang at 0-1 had a header and he said, this was all within a couple of minutes. And their goalkeeper stood up and won them the game. He didn't score the goals, but he saved the goals. Now, how Egypt would have reacted, of course, this is all now moot, 
but that's the fact of the matter. When it was 0-1, Azani's through on the box. That is going in another nine times out of ten. But for the brilliance of the goalkeeper. And things change. Maybe they, they hold on to the draw and they go through. And, and so let's let's just speculate on that. Because do they get to one all, then get the result and go through? What do we make of the group? And my assessment remains the same. Difficult group. Now you're through to the quarterfinals. Not many people expected it, so that's a massive tick. But there was still it, it still took you to go behind against Egypt, which was foreseeable because Egypt were going to be a totally different team from kickoff than they were against Australia than they were trying to hold out Spain and Argentina. It, it, you could clearly see the, the, the change in the approach and the mentality. Um, they got themselves to the point where they, in their, in their sober thinking, thought, if we can get one point out of the first two against these guys, then we play against Australia. And that's the, how they started, right? Our first half against Egypt was, I thought, was very poor, given mm. what we were trying to hold on to. And, and had we got to one all, that would remain the assessment for me. And, and that's the, the euphoria of getting out of that group and into the quarterfinals. That assessment would remain. That first half was so, and, and Egypt's finishing in the first 10 minutes was horrible. It took Australia, I think, 19 or 20 minutes in that first half to get more than two passes together. Yeah, and I suppose that makes me ask a question now. Uh, since we were last at the Olympics, which had a very good Olympic team, had some very fine players, uh, Australian players, how, um, so since 2008, we've had a curriculum come through, which all these players have pretty much, uh, have we progressed? And you're telling me no, because the big part of this curriculum was for us to be technically and tactically better. Uh, so and, one, one thing that happened, yeah, well, one thing that hasn't shifted, evidently, is the culture of acceptance of different types of players, technical players. I, I don't think there's a common acceptance in Australia what a technical player is. You know, after all this investment in foreign expertise, we still haven't been able to quantify what that is. And, the, and that came home to me last night, working with Brenton Speed on the call. And Speedy, you know, he's a, he does incredible amounts of research. He rings people, he talks to people. He gets access through the media agents, uh, media operators to the players to get their stories, their life stories. He's very good at that. He's very diligent. So he delivers this yarn last night about Marco Tilio um, and asks Marco Tilio, long story short, would you like to play on the same, do, do, do you and Arzani, can you play together? Would you like to play with him? Because there'd been a history between the two families. And Tilio's response, as, as Brenton Speed um, relayed it, was telling. Um, and heart-wrenching for me because this young kid who's, who's modelled himself on a certain type and trained himself and developed himself said to Speedy, paraphrased, oh, you know, can me and Arzani play together? Geez, it'd be hard for a coach to do that. Um, that was the message that came out. Now, I'm, my reaction to that is, really, why? I mean, have we, have we not progressed enough so that the player himself, Marco Tilio, is... It views himself within the context of being a quote-unquote luxury player. And actually, players like Tilio for our progress, are not luxury players. They're must-have players. As we saw in the Spain game, inside the first three minutes, Daniel Arzani was hacked down three times. 
has Spain had done their homework? And the biggest threat to them in a momentum rhythm sense was Daniel Arzani inspiring the rest of his team to play. So they took him out. They tried to take him out. It was clear as a bell to me. Completely focused. Because they, they understand, as I interpreted it, that Australians' propensity to play football is perhaps a little bit brittle. And we'll take out any team. We'll take out their talus person and see how the rest of them cope. I think that was a very clear strategy of Spain. That mentality then is only magnified, that approach, that weakness of ours, that susceptibility of ours is only magnified when you actually hear the players of that type themselves talking and describing themselves as luxury type players. Mm. They should be mandatory players because they're the players that shift the momentum because when they get into combination and they're in good touch, they can determine the momentum of the game, bring other players in, and before we know it, your your moments in ball possession are way more effective, way more threatening, and your opponents are on the back foot. So you're spreading the pressure, you're putting the taking the pressure off you and putting it on your opponents. And I don't think we distributed the pressure enough for long enough in this Olympic Games campaign. And that's what I want to hear in the in the reviews of the campaign. How do we do that better in future? Yeah, no, you you make a really good point, and you would think having those two players on would be very, um, very, very dangerous. I saw some criticism saying, why didn't Azani start? I, and I'm not privy to what condition Azani is in, but after two games in short space of time, I would expect, uh, I, I believe they absolutely made the right decision. Uh, they brought him on at the, at the break. He didn't I play think. two full games. Oh, maybe this is a comment about that. Two 60-minute jobs. Maybe that's, okay, he played... 60, sorry. 70 minutes. Maybe sorry. that's a comment in itself. Yeah, I think he... Well, he made two starts and he played 60 minutes after. He hasn't played a lot of football. And physically, I believe that's his, um, that's his biggest problem. Um, so physically, he isn't um, a superstar and it's something that he needs to absolutely develop. So I think starting him from half-time... Was, uh, was a very good coaching decision. I actually believe that. And he, and he did have an impact. I mean, he's a, he has those special qualities as a player. And, all, and I, I was quite impressed with Daniel during this, this tournament. And uh, even in the first game, I thought that he was coming back and tracking back and working hard. And I think if he can get games under his belt as a, as a senior professional and he starts to really work on his physical capacity. And I think he's in a good place now, Denmark, that values that. I think we're going to see uh, maybe him reach the potential that we hope he can reach. Yeah, reportedly, again, Graham Arnold called this as a resurrection campaign for Daniel Arzani because a guy of his talent, which is undeniable, I mean, he's, what is he now, 22 or something? Um, he's, he really hasn't played a lot of senior football. Now, a lot of that's to do with his, his bad knee injury when he went to Celtic. So that takes a lot of time out. But even before and after that, it's, he's, he's got a lot of football to play. And he can contribute a lot. I, look, I agree. I think I, I was very upbeat. I was really nervous at halftime in the Egypt game that Arzani would come on for Tilio. That was my... Because I, I believe we needed Arzani. I didn't know if it was a pre-plan. Uh, I take your point about his physical preparedness, given everything. 
um, and he was dynamic and it was a good call to bring him on. And I'm stoked that Tilio wasn't sacrificed and, and we could see the fruit of those types of players working together to put, and, and of course, there's got to be more context put to this. And Egypt, um, it, 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 particularly, particularly pragmatic, so they get their lead and then, then, then they drop off a bit. So there's more space for us to play in. Nevertheless, um, although they were, they were a really good change at half time. And look, I, I, it's disappointing that they didn't go through, but I'm, I'm happy that the second half was the way it was because I'd rather lose like that. And I'd rather lose like that than lose with the way they played in the first half because I, I didn't enjoy that at all. How do you think this review will go? I mean, do you think there will be a review or do you think there'll be uh, patting on the back and saying, look, this was incredible and the Argentina result will really take focus and then without the, you know, it will be looked at as success and often sometimes when there's success, there's some things brushed over. And look, it's not the... The national team staff, it's not... That's not an issue for them. They get what they get. And then they uh, prepare them appropriately. And that's exactly what they did. They were prepared well. And the coach does their best with them with what he gets. This is not a, um, this is not a, a question for the, the national team staff. It might be a question for the technical director um, to look at the technical direction of how we're going and are we progressing and is what we, we just got at the under 23s level um, a fruit of uh, a tree that we're happy with, or do we do we need to reinvigorate that tree? Always need to. And, mm. and my, my worry is, in the short term, there'll be there will be glossing over. There'll be a lot of spin doctoring going on. Um, there'll be a lot of um, a lot of cushioning the messaging, and and there might be a lack of really direct, hard-assed um, questions and accountability. But this will fall to what well, is really interesting because it's going to fall now. The review you'd imagine will be managed by Trev Morgan uh, and the new high performance manager. I'm not sure on the, on the name of the titles, but I've brought this guy in and I, I, I can't recall his name at the moment. I certainly haven't met him. Paddy. Huh? His name's Paddy. I, I can't re- remember his last name, which I, and I do apologize for that. But he yeah. has, he actually, he's not a, doesn't come from a football background. But no. he's, his background is very impressive. Yeah. And, and my my reports, um, uh, anyone that's worked with him has, has been impressed by him. I think he's going to, I I really hope he brings a clear, some clear eyes and some, some good questioning because he's worked at the highest level of um, uh, North American sports. And we know, we know they are at a very, very high level. So I think he's going to bring some very interesting uh, views to this. I, I'll be. Yeah, that would have to be on like, on things like systems and and I'd imagine because he's not going to bring, by the sounds of things, any football to the discussion. So he brings high performance systems and, uh, and 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 part of that has to be a willingness to get this stuff on the table and a willingness to to share opinions, express opinions, and not and not and and not necessarily turn down or tone down debate. I mean, our national teams of whatever age, but the, but the Ollie Roos and the men's World Cup team and the Matildas at World Cup and Olympic level, they're big ticket items. We can't pretend 
We won't get anywhere if we pretend everything's rosy and explainable when sometimes it isn't. So we have to find the answers to the questions for which we are unsure. And why players, notwithstanding the competitive differential where they play their football, why players and their technique at key moments can just escape them completely when not under pressure so that you can't put pressure then on your opponents is something that seriously needs to be fleshed out, particularly when the backdrop to that was uh, framing your opponents so that they were manageable and that you were building your confidence and that you weren't daunted by your opponents. What part of that worked? What part of it didn't work? And which players didn't respond to that and why? And if we can get some honest answers to that led by uh, a guy with necessarily no football background, but understanding of high-performance systems and managing mm. high-performance environments, if we're brave enough to go down that path and people are brave enough for the full cavity search so that we can actually come out of this even better again, then the process will have been worthwhile. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And, I, and you know, the spin doctoring and all that, we don't need that. I mean, let's just get our egos out of, out of, out of this when you're doing the reviews and let's be open and honest. I mean, you know, one of the key factors of a, a high-performing system is continual change and continual improvement. Uh, we're at a point now, and uh, and the question is, okay, well, what can what can we really do better, and what needs to be done better? That's not a criticism of anyone. That's just uh, it's any organisation needs to needs to do that. I find sometimes in sport that that doesn't happen because there's this protectionist of self. Uh, and people don't want to be open um, and reflective of how they how they absolutely can be better. Mm. So I mean, it's you know, it's an interesting one. I, I got it wrong. I thought I'd be waking up today, uh, and we'd be having this conversation with knowing who we were going to play in the quarterfinals. I thought they, you know, they did put it all in their own own position to get to you know to get to that was in their own hands, um, and they came up came up short like you said there was a couple of world-class saves but if I remember also you know at one nil uh Egypt hit hit the woodwork too didn't they mm. uh so that could have been two nil you know sport always goes like I don't want to you know you don't want to get into that mm. only this and only that because that sometimes is the story of Australian football um that if things went that I mean that that's just sport and that know? takes a, and that inclination takes us away from doing the the, the obs- making the observations and going through the inquiry that we need to. And, and I would and, and I would say it's a very interesting one that we won't be privy to the review, but if people are sitting around that table and that comes up, if mm. someone says that we're only this from that, then you know that review is not worth it mm. because that's not people wanting to things to be better. That's people saying, well, we got it right. It just was the the goalkeepers uh, saves that made a difference. That's not and, there's a, no. and there's, a very, there's a very important role played by media in this. Uh, and my fear is that because the, 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 the volume of commentary around the game has been wound down over the last couple of years that, you know, there's, not, there's just not going to be the boots on the ground in the ones, on the one hand to ask the questions 
and an energy from the people who are still there to do it either. Um, and really, it, like, if this was another, you know, it, it's a measure of the progress you're making, the amount of interest there is in the, in the outcome of these things. And for, for the big, you know, the big accountable sports in Australia, Aussie rules, rugby league, cricket, be the biggest three, then there'd be a lot of commentary and discussion and which we need to try and encourage here through forums like this mm. to, to, to say, right, this is not a witch hunt, but how, does, how do we use this experience to be better next time? And the tendency for too long, when you're out of the spotlight, and certainly in football, the tendency for too long is that the review process is hijacked by politics and, and personalities and mediocrity sets in. And you can't, it, it's all very well on the one hand, and, and this goes beyond current administration. This is a general comment. I'm not saying by any stretch of the imagination that the people in the frame at the moment at administrative and coaching level are of this ilk, but it's a general comment that unless you have, it's really easy to say we want excellence. It's really easy to get the butcher's paper out and say, what do you envisage for this program? Well, we want to be world-class, point one, point two. We want to be excellent. You can't be either of those things if you shy away from the brutal reality of a serious review. Because it's not a witch hunt. It's not to say people were neglectful through the campaign. It's not to say that they were culpable for the team, players or coaches or management for the team not progressing. I, I think given a lot of circumstances, people have done very, very well. But if we're prepared to ex accept that and not challenge it and go into it and ask questions, detailed questions, then the rest of it's rubbish. You never become excellent. Oh, absolutely. And be, having been part of many of those reviews, I think so many of them I've sat on are just tick the box exercises. Yeah. And uh, that's, that's not what we need. And, and a lot of that is, yeah, none of this is personal. Uh, it's, it's not personal. It's about things, things getting better. And I think people, people's responses are even personal. I think people don't write things because they think they might offend certain person. And then if they offend that certain person, then they won't talk to them and get, they, they won't get their special scoop in the media or whatever that is. I, I, I just, you know, it's, it's, you know, I don't have to, I, I'm, I'm happy to be able to say what I want. I don't need anything from the, um, anyone. I, I just want to see Australian football progress. Mm. So if I've offended anyone, it's, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't, uh, it's not, not my, my purpose. Um, and, and even my comments, I, I can see, uh, the coaching staff did some many, very good things. I just, I don't know. It might be just my personal opinion. I, but I just, what is my personal opinion? Just that, that talk. I, I want to see what, and, and I'd like to discuss this. I want to see the responses post this after you're saying that you're going to shock the world, that it's the group of dreams. You can't go back off that halves. And that has to be identified because if you go back off that, I mean, uh, any intelligent player would be like sitting there going, uh, these are just words. <laughs> mm -hmm. So you've got to be very careful and uh, with words. Um, if, if you then start going, oh, look, 
we had an Argentina, we had a Spain, and we had the champions of Africa. Yeah, well, okay. it, it, at that point, if that becomes a tendency, it unravels. It unravels. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's really important that if, if there's anything in that and we believe in it, that it doesn't unravel. Mm-hmm. And so rather than letting it unravel, I think you confront the issue completely and you say, and you find what parts of that message failed in delivery and execution. Because if you start to unravel, then you're starting again. With a, to, me, to my way of thinking, then you, you have to rebuild a whole belief structure again. And, and it's a lot of time invested. You don't get much time as it happens on the ground with your players in international football. Mm. But the turnarounds can be quick, as we've seen. If you can get people on board, present a message, be consistent with that message, and if people buy into that message, the results can be spectacular. We've seen that. Yeah, I've worked with coaches. Um, like uh, Ange is a very positive person, um, and and the way it comes over, but it's a different. He he doesn't speak like that, um, and he's you actually did believe you know what what he was saying and then he backs up with how he plays football right <laughs> always football you know the, the the style of football he plays is always uh, an optimistic uh positive style of football isn't it <laughs> i've never I, and and this is someone that's had many you know conversations with him when the climate was hot when the conditions were terrible, you know, that there was not going to be uh, an Ange Postacoglu team sitting sitting back. Yeah. <laughs> be, yeah. be that right or wrong, that was his philosophy and that's consistent. what he drove. So from that consistency mm. is authenticity, mm. okay? And authenticity you buy into. An yep. authentic leader you buy into. So that's, uh, that's, that's very, very different. And um, so I've got nothing up, you know, I, I class myself as an optimistic person, but, you know, it, it has to be real and authentic. Mm. Not saying it's, not, but, um, but yeah. Ange had, a, Ange, again, since you've raised him as an example, he, he had a certain amount of, well, he has a lot of genius about him. As coaches at this level invariably do in their own way, or else you, you're not successful. There's <clears throat> a very, very difficult set of circumstances to lead um, players against difficult opponents through these various um, canals and channels. Very, very difficult. But I remember Ange saying once, as Brisbane Raw coach, and they were having a difficult time, and he is very consistent in what he wants to do and how he wants to play and how he expects people to play. And they were at Gosford playing the Mariners. He tells this story. And they'd had a lean spill. They were under pressure. They'd lost a few in a row. But he kept he kept going. But the discussion around the team was, and this is so often the way, not just in Australia, but generally, okay, well, that worked for a while, but and you've heard it here, and it's what drives Ange crazy in particular. Okay, that's great. But when it doesn't work, you've got to circle the wagons and be pragmatic. I mean, we, we, we can, we, we've heard it all before. And Ange doesn't respond to it, but he hears it and he listens, and he knows exactly when to act on that sort of pressure that builds from the outside on a set of players. And he tells the story about being at, uh, he told me the story about being um, at Gosford playing the Central Coast Mariners in one of these situations. A few weeks, no results. Keep going, copping cheap goals, players' confidence dropping in front of goal, not scoring, blah, 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 stupid mistakes. And then he hits them at half time. They've been under the pump. He hits them at half time. <laughs> 
with one of his with one of his famous speeches, and it was along the lines of, "We've been listening to all this stuff. We're going to keep going the way we've been set, set out to go. Stick with me. Stick with us. Or, or he said, we can be pragmatic guys if you want to get us out of this slump." Some people would see that discussion as being a smart reaction to difficult circumstances. And they could legitimately justify that. But once Ange had put that out to the dressing room, he then said, yeah, we can, be, we can sit back and we can absorb some pressure and we can try and build back to some results and get our confidence back. And at that point, this is the genius of the guy, the players are starting to look, they're trying to look for an out because players are more liquid than solid form. And if you provide a crack, they'll flow to it. And he's providing the thought that we can do this a different way and take the pressure off that I put on you to play at a certain tempo. And, and he sensed that now's the time to break that inkling. And he said, yeah, we can be, we can drop off and be pragmatic. We can absorb defence. But, so first he comes in with the or, we can keep doing what we're doing and the players are going, oh God, we've heard this song so many times and boss, we're tired and it's not working and your, your normal human frailties are starting to look for an escape valve. And he's saying, we keep playing the way we are and it's tiring for the players, right? He really pushes them. Then he drops in the or and the human instinct is phew. He's going to take the foot off the pedal and we can catch a breath, right? Again, it's the normal. And then following the oar, he comes in with the but. And he says, but what that means, Thomas Broish, is that rather than you playing, when you get the ball, just lump it up the field. Matt Mackay, when you get the ball, just lump it up the field. And he puts it into their court. And at that point, Thomas Broish, Matt Mackay, these guys thinking, I don't want to play football that way. I don't want to play football that way. And guess what? They go back to option one. And they work, they work their way out with that consistent messaging and they go and win the comp. And they get all that behind them. And this is the genius of operators like Ange. It's, it's an incredible story uh, with a couple of simple words. That, that's my interpretation. And, and look, I... I, 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 presented. I Look, I saw it many times in my experience working with him as well. It was that authenticity of the belief in the way he was going to uh, play and he how he wanted the team playing. It was not disrespectful to any opposition or anything like that. And it wasn't like, okay, click your fingers and you're going to win or, or that sort of stuff. It's like, but if you play this style of football, we're giving ourselves the best opportunity to win. All right. And just believe in the style of football, not believing that you will just win because you know it's a you know it's a, there's a lucky charm in saying that you're going to win. There's a there's a very big difference in that hubs, and uh, <clears throat> so yeah, I I think uh, yeah, there's nothing wrong with being optimistic, but yeah, but authenticity is an enormous thing. So I'm going to be fascinated in the next couple of days yeah. to see the uh, see yeah. some of the, the the quotes that come out. Um, yeah. I uh, I also um, yeah, it would be interesting. Even, you know, you see a lot of comments from the staff as well, how positive they were and how they were going to win a medal. Oh, you know, I, I mean, yeah, 
I, I, yeah, well, I mean, I agree. Bottom bottom line for me is there was there was there was too much ground gained by this group of players, and by some in particular, to not advance the cause by a serious review on what worked and what didn't work. This is what's up for grabs here. This is not about pulling a strip off here or making a criticism there. This is about how do we make this better? And I and I hope. I hope the full frontal review is honest enough to ask those questions, get some answers, because what progress can be made out of that really good foundation? And, and, and what I hope, hope Harps, is that it isn't um, brushed aside because we're straight into some World Cup qualifiers very quickly. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to that's gonna be interesting. And one thing from that is I think a, there's a number of players that we've seen during this tournament that have definitely put themselves in in good stead for being in that soccer team, I think. And that is, you know, that is the value of having a really tough match against Spain. Mm. Who, who, who aimed up in that, right? So we, we found a couple, I think, you know, the two fullbacks, Atkinson and King, uh, in, in that heat of battle, showed plenty to me. Not the only ones, but those two. So, again, that just re-emphasises the point that amidst the disappointment of not getting out of this group into the quarterfinals, it's not all doom and gloom. No. There were some things that need serious attention, in my view, serious review, serious questioning. There are other things which were which, which huge triumphs. And if these um, youth tournaments in, into which we have to include the Olympic Games um, are true to their mantra, then the point is to find players for senior national teams. And there's definitely a few candidates. So, Yeah, and that's, well and that, and, and that's why... And that's why I do applaud the, the coaching staff and, and Graham Arnold in particular for taking that Olympics team on, getting them to the Olympics and unearthing uh, some very much some future and probably right now Socceroos. So in respect to that, you get massive five stars. Mm, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. As we do, as always. We're slowly, slowly approaching double figures on our listenership, so that's mildly encouraging. Speaking of reviews of performance, probably we should do one soon. Yeah. Anyway, mate, you have a good day. And it's everyone, okay. thank you so much. And remember, um, to if you've got any questions for us or anything like that, write to us. The, it's in the show notes where you can write uh, and send us an email. We're getting some. And that's what we promised, Harps. We're going to answer yeah. some of those questions. Next time. Next next time. What's the email address again? The Soccer Doctors Podcast at gmail.com. Now, is that Doctors DRS or fully spelled? It's fully spelled. Hmm. The Soccer Doctors. I hope I spelled it right because you. <laughs> well, you no, because we know what you did. You're the reason my my high school wasn't as good as it could have been. You are always talking, always right. talking at me while you were while your parents were paying for your twenty hours tutoring a week and all that sort of oh. stuff that you didn't need to you didn't need to comment at, at school. But us poor people, you know, from the, <laughs> the other side, you know, that's oh, another poor, story. But you, know. you poor people who drive Maseratis and have a collection of Harley Davidson. You just made that up, that Maserati. Made it story. up, the Maserati. I've seen it with my own eyes. <laughs> no, it was no, no. Anyway, anyway, oh, see mate. you. Bye. Good on you. Bye. See you, mate. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. Please contact us if you have any questions or feedback.